It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. Lacrosse fans, it's Tuesday. Well, it might not be Tuesday because I don't think everybody listens to this podcast exactly when it comes out. I hope you do, but just in case it's not Tuesday, welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here via the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Jake Kelly with you as Lax Class now in session, episode number 95 rolling your way and... This will be the last episode of the rotating co-host and a little bit different this week as well as uh, an important week here on Lax Class. So we're doubling down on guests as well. Let me get my co-host in here first and I, I want to make sure I get this right here because I'm going to give the people your official title and it is the Director of Business Development and Digital Media for the Halifax Thunderbirds and for the Iroquois National Social and Digital Media as well. It is one Charlie Chuck Ragusa on the program co-hosting for what I want to call Iroquois Nationals Week here, because we've already done Halifax, but the Thunderbirds will no doubt come up on the program. But Chuck, Charlie, welcome to the to the podcast. Thanks for co-hosting, and I'm really excited about this episode. Hey, Jake. Thanks for having me. Um, obviously, excited to be on alongside you and, and talk, you know, lacrosse, not only for NLL, but something near and dear to a lot of people's hearts, the Iroquois Nationals and kind of the state of uh, the team right now and everything kind of making headlines. Yeah, and and you are obviously on the inside circle here. You get to to get in the locker room. You get firsthand knowledge of these guys and see what – happens on a daily and weekly basis during tournaments and, and just how the whole operation runs. So that is fascinating stuff to me. I can't wait to dig into it all with you. And we got two great guests coming up in, in I want to say, Mr. Iroquois Nationals and, and Cody Jameson, who will join us uh, in about 20 minutes from now. And then Randy Stats as well, who uh, I might add, Chuck here, still unsigned with the Georgia Swarm. So restricted free agent, but unsigned as Randy. So we may dig into that a little bit, but uh, obviously both members of the Iroquois Nationals, good friends are Cody and Randy, both Syracuse boys as well. And lots to talk about with those two. So we'll look forward to those two conversations. We're still going to have uh, who you ha- who we had, who you got, of course, presented by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. We got Under Review, presented by G. Wilson Construction, coming up in quarter three. And, of course, Quick Sticks as well, Charlie. And uh, a new sponsor to talk about for Quick Sticks coming up in quarter three. Super pumped. It's a big up- one. Yeah. Really, like, and uh, and I want to talk. I like, I want to talk about it right now. So I'm going to do that because it's my podcast, and I can do that, Charlie. So Manscaped is now on board here with Lax Class. I don't know if you recall. I think uh, you might have actually been the guy to tip me off. So I almost want to give you a, a, a hug and a kiss here, Chuck, because you you saw this tweet come from Manscaped saying 
which podcast should we sponsor? And you immediately threw down off the crossbar in, in lax class. So I caught wind of this. I retweeted it and I said, you know, here we go, listeners. Like, let's let's let them hear it. And I can't thank the best listeners on the planet here enough because they they retweeted and and tweeted out in full force to to manscape that this is a podcast that they should be sponsoring. So sure enough, like a week later, I, I get a DM from a guy, and I was kind of like, oh, what's this about? And I I wasn't sure if it was legit or not, but uh, sure as sure as Sure shit here, Charlie. Manscaped is now sponsoring Lax Class here. And uh, I know already that people have, have jumped on. You are one of them using the promo code yep. LAXCLASS20 for 20% off of any Manscaped product. And uh, a bunch of people have already jumped on board. And, and kind of here's the deal, people. Like, if you use this product, you use the promo code. If I get enough people to sign up for or buy something off this website using my promo code, then they're going to sign a long-term engagement. So it helps me. It helps the podcast and it helps you like, so it's a win, win, win here for everybody, but we'll talk more about manscaped in quarter three and quick sticks, but I'm fired up about this. And I just, I want to say thank you to you. And I want to say thank you to all the listeners who uh, pump lax class towards getting a sponsorship with these guys. Absolutely, and obviously it's a great thing to see it happen, but it's pretty cool to uh, be on that first inaugural Manscaped segment. So, <laughs> yes, uh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're going we're gonna to talk about it all in quarter three, and, and I mentioned right off the top, this will be the last of the rotating co-host is uh, my good buddy Brad Schell. Talk about coming back at the right time. The guy got himself a free pair of underwear and a T-shirt. Just for coming back on the podcast here. So uh, Brad Schellen will be back for episode 96. And, and moving forward, it'll be me and the Chancellor uh, week after week. So I'm looking forward to that as well. But really looking forward to this program here, Charlie. And and uh, tell me, like tell people, uh, but we haven't even done this yet. Tell people how you got into the sport of lacrosse. I know you, you started your kind of career with the Rochester Nighthawks uh, years ago, about a decade ago, if I'm not mistaken. And now, of course, with yep. Halifax, so you kind of followed Kurt Styers um, from Rochester to Halifax. But how'd you, how'd you find lacrosse? How'd it find you? And, and tell the people how you kind of worked your way into the position you're in now. Well, it's interesting because I, I grew up in Rochester and, you know, when I was younger, I think it was, man, er, late 90s, early 2000s, my mom used to get free tickets from work for Amherst Games, which is the hockey team here, and, and Nighthawks Games. And I remember going when I was a kid watching Tim Sudan and Reggie Thorpe and all those guys on the floor, and I just fell in love with the sport. You know, music playing throughout the game, just packed house at the BCA, it, I just everything about it was kind of played into, you know, that atmosphere as a kid that you fall in love with. And, you know, as fate would have it, um, my first year in college, uh, I reached out about an opportunity to just get my foot in the door with a sports team. And, and I started entering with both the Amherst and the Nighthawks. Um, and actually my first ever game with the Nighthawks, I uh, ran flags out of the tunnel and then it just so happened it was Cody Jameson's first ever game. So, you know, it's funny how everything kind of comes full circle. And, um, you know, obviously they gave me my first opportunity. John Catalano, who's our president and CEO now for Halifax, he um, offered me my first ever job, um, full-time job my senior year of college. And, you know, Kurt has been incredibly um, supportive of me and, and, you know, 
letting me kind of live out my dream, uh, being able to have the career of freedom that I want. Um, you know, I, I reached out to him um, following, you know, leading into that final year with Rochester and, and said, listen, Kurt, like, you know, I, I love everything about this organization, the team, it just, there's something special there. And I said, if there's any chance of me staying on with you, um, you know, I, I'd love to see that option and, and that opportunity. And if not, I totally understand, you know, you'll always be someone near and dear to my heart and special. And, yeah. you know, he responded back how he was honored and, you know, thankful to have me along and, and the rest is kind of history. Yeah. So, so off to Halifax. Awesome, man. And, and, and I love the fact that you really had no connection to the game with like a big brother played or some buddies that played and yep. you kind of, you literally went as a fan and the sport just got a hold of you just by watching. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah, great. That's awesome. I think it was like, I think it was like third grade. I went and, you know, I was just blown away by it. And, you know, a couple of years went by and I don't recall going back to too many more, but you know, something just something about stuck. the opportunity. Something I was like, yeah, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to try it out. Yeah. Awesome, man. Have you did so? Have you did you play at all? Did you did you pick up a stick? Have you what what do you like with a um, wand in your hand? So I think that's kind of the interesting part is I didn't actually. So my high school, even though Rochester has a pretty good history with yeah. lacrosse, my high school actually didn't get a program until I was already in high school. Um, so I had done some you know beginner sessions here or there, but. You know, at that point, I was a little bit older and yeah. just hey, kind of fearful never, of getting, never too getting late, crap Charlie. knocked out of me. So. Never too late but, to, 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 you know. Well, no, I, absolutely. I mean, I played a couple men's leagues, um, you know, with Donnie Moss at the Chrome. And actually, my first ever men's league game, I had to guard uh, Jordan McIntosh. Ah. So that was that didn't go too well for me. I kept I kept saying, "Hey, don't please don't embarrass me here." And you know, thankfully he took it easy on me. So. All right, T guy. All right, T guy. All right, Charlie Ragusa. All right, uh, we need to get things moving in the right direction here. And coming up in quarter one, we always recap. The fights from the previous week in Stampede Tax, who we had, and I need to let you know, got some new information here from Stampede Tack in Western Wear. Have you heard about Stampede Tack in Western Wear's oil skin collection, Charlie? I have not. Okay, well, I'm about to tell you, it is inspired by the harsh Australian outback and features the traditional lowrider duster. This waterproof full-length slicker made to withstand all the climates made from treated cotton, this oil skin will not quit. Much like a lacrosse player. Well done there, Kevin, on the read. Or check out the Bush Ranger jacket, a teammate to the traditional duster. If it's sure to keep you safe and dry from the weather all year round. So I need to practice on that read a little bit. That was my first go at it. I probably should have read it before I actually had to read it. But now you know, like I just got this in front of me, oil skin collection from stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local, out there in Cloverdale since 1966. Uh, I, the, the Bush jacket, the Bush Ranger jacket, I might go check this thing out. That sounds pretty cool. I, it captured me with the name. There you so go. I'm, I'm all in. Uh, yeah. 
Well, I love it. Uh, so two fights from last week, and both were good scraps here for round three action. And uh, let's see. Where, let, why don't we start with this one? Because I know it involves a guy that, that's very close to you. And defensive coordinator Billy D. Smith. And unfortunately for, for BDS here, Chuck, it, it didn't go so well against Jeff Snyder who got 59% of the vote, over 200 of them on Laxclaw. close to 250 by the end of it here. But Snyder into round four as he takes out Billy D. Smith. Is this just setting the tone for one of the better scraps we've ever seen with Suter versus Snyder in, in well, I guess, well, you, voting form? Yeah, I mean, uh, it would be the, the third time. Well, it would be a virtual third time, uh, as they've gone twice before. But Snyder and Suter, I actually – so what I'm doing here, I should probably have made this a little bit clearer, is that I'm, I'm just picking one from each side of the bracket. So these two guys are actually on opposite sides, and they could meet in the okay. final. So – uh, it's still possible, absolutely, that Snyder and Suter could meet in the final. But man, like I'm, I'm just kind of looking at the next round, like project, projected next round matchups. If I think it goes the way it's gonna go, and <laughs> it is absolutely bonkers on some of the fights that are coming up. So with this uh, this win here from here's a prime example. I'll give you a little tease, Charlie. Coming up next round, Andrew Suter versus Andy Ogilvy. I, oh boy. Yeah, like, oh boy. Okay. Steve Priolo, Jeff Snyder in the next round. So you tell me, man. Like yeah, I, I don't, are, I don't know how people are going to pick pick the winner in these fights. Well, I mean, I thought these four were pretty tough to choose between. So, uh, you know, it's only going to get harder as you go. And I guess only one Andy can win out of the next round. Well, there you go. And I and I just realized that I I kind of spoiled it for our next fight that we're about. To because I just told you Andrew Suter's in the next round, and that is because he, he beat up Brody Merrill and uh, Orangeville on Orangeville crime here. And, and I had a great, great tweet come in from, uh, I want to say Jimmy Doodle put it at me. He goes, man, this is like trying to pick my favorite child, trying to pick between Brody yeah. Merrill and, and Andrew Suter in this fight. It's definitely a tough one. And, and even that other one, the Snyder versus Billy D, yeah. you know, you've got – four fierce guys in the ring and willing to stand up for their teammates. So anything could happen. Yeah. Nobody deserves to lose at, at this point. Uh, but that's not the way the tournament where I had somebody come at me on Twitter about how Ryan McNish shouldn't have been knocked out in round one. So people like are still kind of catching up to this. Uh, by the way, I put the, the full picture of the full bracket out on Twitter at lax class. If you want to check that out and kind of see how, some of these guys made their way to the fourth round here. But uh, Andrew Suter, Jeff Snyder are through. We will have two more fights coming up in who you got in quarter number. Well, it's going to be – I think we're going to overtime this week because we got two guests, so uh, we need an extra quarter here. So I think who you got is going to be in overtime here for episode 95. Uh, and two more big scraps coming. We got two more – yeah, like this episode and one more, and then it's and then it's on to round four. My goodness, uh, we're getting close to the best lacrosse fighter of all time champion coming up here on Lax Class. So let's uh, quarter one done. 
Charlie, you did it. We're going to quarter number two, and we're going to talk to number 88 from the Iroquois Nationals, Cody Jamison, on episode 95. Keep it right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Eli Salama from the Calgary Roughnecks and LL Chrome. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lax Class here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Into the second quarter we go, but not before I let you know about our friends at Associated Labels and Packaging at AssociatedLP.com or at AssociatedLP via social media, focusing on people, ethics, quality, and of course, family-owned. Down there in my hometown of Coquitlam, British Columbia, funny look... Small world uh, alert here as I found out that my girlfriend's daughter, this probably won't be all that interesting to you guys. It was interesting to me, but my girlfriend's daughter who works at a brewery out there in White Rock, Three Dogs Brewery, posted up a, a thing on Instagram and I saw Associated Labels and Packaging. Turns out Associated LP provides the labels for Three Dogs Brewery and uh, friends helping friends. I love to see it. Cody Jamison from the Iroquois Nationals and Halifax Thunderbirds back on the podcast. Cody, thanks for doing this, man. Welcome back to Lax Class. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, my, my pleasure, man. And, uh, you know, I, I say Cody James of the Halifax Thunderbirds. Uh, you, you had the people go in there for, for a minute. Uh, with unrestricted free agency. I was hearing about nine different teams in on the mix uh, for you, but let's keep it real here, Cody. Was it always Halifax, and this was just kind of posturing and testing the waters here a little bit? No, I just, uh, you know, I I spent a lot of time with the organization, obviously, and, you know, it was was time to to really see where my heart lied and – you know, I told uh, Kurt gave me a fair offer, and I I told him that I was gonna, um, you know, see what see what the market, see what free agency has, and I was, you know, it, it got pretty close. Uh, you know, I it had me uh, it had me wondering, it had me having family discussions, and uh, we were hovering, and we we didn't really my me and my wife we didn't really know which way to go, and it just seemed it seemed like uh you know towards the end of my career here I should uh, you know stay, but there was a couple offers out there that really made us hum and haw and uh, maybe think about moving yeah, well, and looking at that. I'm sure, I'm sure uh, every team in the NLL was was in on the Cody Jamison sweepstakes. So that's uh, you were open to it. And, and Chuck actually told me quite a funny story. After you had decided that you were going back to Halifax, you – Played a little little trick on the boys, leaving leaving the group chat, and, and got everybody whipped up into a frenzy. <laughs> tell, yeah, that tell was me about that. Luke, yeah. That was actually Luke. Uh, Luke Magnan reached out to me um, the night that me and my wife actually made our decision that we were that I was going to go back to Halifax, uh, and he he called just to see where my head was at and see what I what was going on. And I told him it was funny that he just called just because me and my wife just got done talking about uh, you know what I'm going to do and. 
So he came up with the idea that I should just leave the group chat abru- abruptly and uh, <laughs> no, 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 nothing, just left. No, nothing. Yeah. So I, I got uh, a lot of texts after that, and I just said, "Talk to Luke." <laughs> That's cold blooded, man. That's cold blooded. <laughs> uh, this is more so because we talked about it earlier. Did I, I bring up? His first game, my first game thing. Yeah, you you that, mentioned it. On, I know we talked about it. But. Yeah, you mentioned it, but uh, maybe I'll just kind of break you into it here a little bit as we were reminiscing. Okay. And, and Charlie's first game with the Nighthawks as an intern was actually your first game as a Nighthawk about a decade ago. Wow. Yeah. So it was, uh, you know, when you were when you were as you say shopping around, there was. Me sitting behind the keyboard, worried I was going to see something come through the transaction wire. So I was holding my breath a little bit there, but uh, <laughs> you know, gave a little a little fist pump under the table when I finally found out you were, you were coming back when you texted me saying whip up some graphics. So. Yeah, it was uh, it was a it was a time that uh, no, I keep saying I I don't want to do that again. It was uh, it was stressful. It was you know everybody pulling on your heartstrings, and uh, you know everybody has an opinion on on how your life should be or, you know, and it's not just the co- coaches and GMs of the other teams. It's, you know, players who, who I feel strong with, uh, you know, obviously our own team with the Thunderbirds, but other players on other teams that I could talk to, or, you know, my friends around town and, um, you know, running into, running into somebody and them asking, and, you know, it was just a topic of discussion that, I, and I don't, I didn't like the feeling of it. So, uh, you know, I probably, I probably won't uh, won't do that again. And, and it would have been a shame to waste that Warren Hill uh, like wrestling video that he made once you were once you were back as well. <laughs> no, uh, that was the Gussie right? Oh, that was video. Gussie. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, Warren gave me the uh, Mighty Ducks. Uh, That's right. Mighty Ducks come back one. <laughs> that was that was priceless when I saw that come through. The the other one was. Um, um, well, we probably can't talk about, it, but the uh, the bus to New England that was a good one too. Yeah, that's, there, uh, uh, Warren, that's not. Warren's got some good stuff up his sleeve. Yeah, <laughs> say no more, boys. Say say no more. Once uh, once you mention <laughs> the word bus, that that's where the story stops. So speaking yeah. speaking with Cody Jamison here, and uh, this is Iroquois Nationals Week, Cody, and obviously a lot of attention and, and rightly so has been focused on the Iroquois Nationals surrounding their participation at the World Games in Birmingham and. A lot of public uh, support and, and outcry for you guys, which has to make you feel pretty good. I, I don't know what the count is at, Charlie, last check, but over 50,000 on the petition. And it looks like the ball, the proverbial one anyway, so to speak, is is starting to roll in the right direction to, to get you guys into the World Games where you belong. And, and at the end of the day, like, let's – are you kind of on the, on the fence of like let's let's clear that hurdle first and then worry about the Olympic dream down the road here a little bit? Yeah, that's exactly it. It's uh, I've been saying it all along. You know, I, at what price is it to get lacrosse into the Olympics? Um, you know, I I feel a little bit uh, you know slighted in the fact that a lot of the board members from the FIL are are working with the World Lacrosse and. Uh, and I feel like they were in on it. I feel like, uh, you know, that they had a, had a, had a role. Maybe it was a small role or, or maybe it was a bigger one, but I feel slighted by the fact that, you know, they, they went forward with this knowing that it was going to leave us behind. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and I know there's a lot of, there's a few of them from, from, you know, team Canada, from Canadian, Canadian lacrosse, uh, who, who, you know, support us, uh, support us when, when they're out in the public, but you know, it's, uh, it's a shame that, you know, they tried to go on without, go on, uh, you know, without us proceed without us. And same thing with us lacrosse, uh, you know, there's a few a few people on that that show public support for for us as people and for the Iroquois Nationals, but behind the closed doors, they uh, you know couldn't stand up and uh, support us in the boardroom. And and one thing I kind of want to touch upon on this call is you know when the behind the closed doors part when we were out in Langley, you kind of took me aside and showed me the the behind the scenes stuff that not everybody gets to see the importance of lacrosse not only to you just as a player for you know, your professional career, collegiate, for your community. What what does it mean to wear that Nationals jersey? And, and as a kid growing up idolizing the Nationals, you know, what what can you say to them? Like, I guess, you know, what's that importance for you? Well, for me, it, it's it's ginormous. It's uh, it's wearing it's wearing your colors the way you know Team USA feels and the way Team Canada feels, but. It, to me, it's a little bit different because you're not representing just one, just one country. You're representing an entire nation of people, you know, from, from Canada, U.S. Uh, you know, and we can re- we relate to people in other countries, uh, like Australia, you know, the indigenous pop, indigenous populations, and yeah, yeah. Like Australia, New Zealand. Um, you know, so many similarities with the other indigenous places within that still have their indigenous people. And we relate to them all, and we we become like you know a, a a big brother, I guess you could say to, to those players. Uh, and, you know, within our own, within our own communities, we're not just playing for ourselves or our families. You know, we're, lacrosse is more to us and it means more to us. It, uh, you know, we play for the people who can't play the people who have already passed on, um, you know, our past generations, we play for the future generations. So lacrosse means more than just going out and playing a sport. And, and that's what it always comes back to is, you know, at what cost are we trying to bring lacrosse into the Olympics? Because if it's trying to trying to get rid of us to do it, I, I just don't feel like I, yeah. you know, that's the right way. No, it's it's definitely the, the complete opposite and wrong way as we speak with Cody Jameson. And, you know, the other thing I worry about a little bit, Cody, is the integrity of the game and the way that they're changing the rules and, and the makeup of it to, to make it – whatever more friendly for other nations to play or tv or or whatever the case is like i I still want it to be lacrosse at the end of the day and i'm a little worried it's getting a little too far away from that and and cody like i've seen the impact that the iroquois have when they attend world and international tournaments and not only on on the fans but even the 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 minnow nations or the smaller nations, they absolutely gravitate to you guys. And I think that they get it as well. Um, talk about that and in, in the international experience, because I know, I know Charlie mentioned like a day in the life of the Iroquois is much different than what you would see for team Canada or team USA or Australia or whatever. Like you guys go through some, some pretty cool ceremonies and have some traditions. That's part of your culture in the sport of lacrosse, I, I want you to kind of enlighten the people on, on what a, a game day would look like as far as the, the ceremonies and stuff that you guys have. So every, every morning we, uh, you know, we usually take a spiritual advisor with us, uh, who's in charge of, of make, always making sure there's good medicine around, making sure there's tobacco and there's a, a drink that we, that we have around and, 
and prepared for us. And if anybody's feeling homesick or whatever, they can go talk to him and they, he can say some words in our traditional language and, uh, you know, and light some tobacco and, uh, you know, ask, ask the creator, ask, ask the, our father beings of, uh, you know, to help, help us clear our mind, clear our head, because in lacrosse, everything's always about having, you know, the right state of mind being in, uh, you know, in a healthy mind, healthy spot. So, uh, you know, everything we do is is generated towards that so we would we have a meeting every morning and uh you know we we do a you know a traditional prayer and uh you know just thanking thanking the creator for everything our opening address and uh trying to keep everybody healthy wishing health upon everybody um wishing health upon our families back home i'm trying to ease the mind on you know being away from home because it is a stressful time when you have uh you know I guess not just when you have kids, but when you have family back home who you're thinking of and uh, who's taking your mind off of the task at hand. So we just try and bring our minds together and clear our minds of all the bad and, and only let the good in and, you know, have practice. Uh, usually we, NBC at the last world games and uh, box world games, we were doing it, you know, before practice every morning. So it was, it was a good, uh, good little time to get together as a, as a group before we go onto the floor and, uh, in practice you know and, and on that i mean i've never really seen that before so when you kind of pulled me aside and, and told me you know you're part of the team i want you to see this it opened my mind to so many different things and it, it made me realize that this sport isn't just a game it's it's way more than that it's it's a lifestyle it's a culture it's so much more than you know what you see in the the 60 minutes of play on the floor so it was amazing to see it and i think what really stuck out for me was the one morning that it was raining outside and we had to do the ceremony indoors, you know, and Cam went on to say, some people see the rain and the, the weather is a bad thing, but we say thank you for, you know, the water that provides life. And it just, it adds a whole nother aspect to it and appreciation for life and, and everything else that comes along with it. So it's just, it's amazing. And, and with this whole journey, I think, you know, that's one thing that I don't think the casual lacrosse fan or, you know, the people that are watching it on TV really get to see or understand. And, and those are the type of stories that I think need to be more prevalent to people. Well, I just feel, you know, we, what we do is, uh, is kind of what we do. And, you know, it's, uh, I feel like there not too many people like really care. Well, not this, I shouldn't say really care, but you know, we, uh, you know, w- what we do on the floor is, uh, is what we're known for. So, um, as long as we keep producing on the floor, I guess. Uh, well, I don't know, Cody. Like, I mean, the, <laughs> you guys are you guys are always going to do that. But I, I really think for people to, I, I don't want to say fully accept or respect because I don't think that's right. But for people to fully understand, maybe is is the word I should use about what you guys mean to this sport and the culture and the history and all of it. Like, I think people need to know that sort of thing. Like, I think they need to understand why you have the Eagle on your Jersey. Yeah. I guess that would be, uh, you know, some, a lot of storytelling, uh, but that, you know, like, but that, yeah, absolutely. A lot of storytelling needs to be done. And, and Cody, this, this may not be the, the easiest one to answer. And it's one that, that I'm still trying to understand. And, and I asked Brendan about, about this, uh, a couple of weeks ago, but I know that, not having a, a women's program has been a big roadblock as far as gaining acceptance, not only 
into the World Games, but the IOC as well. And I know there is, uh, you know, a, a bit of pushback on that, and and this part of your culture that women were not really supposed to play the game or pick up sticks and I, and if that's the way that the culture was or maybe that's changing a little bit I'm I would like to know why that is and how do you feel about it and, and women playing the game and, and maybe like you seem to me like a guy that that knows his history when it when it comes to that so I would just like to know a little explanation or a little understanding about the history with women in the sport of lacrosse and why it's kind of taken so long to have that come to the forefront. Yeah. Um, you know, that dates back obviously long, long, long time ago. Uh, you know, and everybody, everybody had, uh, you know, had a job and had something to do. So when, you know, there was medicine games going on, um, it was all the males that would get together and they would play, they'd play a medicine game, the men against the boys, it would be called, mm. um, and you were considered a man if you had a child. So um, sometimes, you know, you can have a child when you're very, very young, 14, 15, 16, 17 years old. And some people wait until they're, you know, when they're in their mid 20s, 30s, 40s, whatever. Sometimes nobody, you don't have a kid. So um, that that's just how the teams were divided in the medicine game. And everybody had a, had a job and a role. So the women usually were, you know, cooking and, uh, you know, preparing for the feast afterwards. Um, so it's not like they didn't have a role in the medicine game. It was just they, that was their role. And, uh, you know, the stick was supposed to have, you know, was known to have, you know, powers, um, you know, medicine in it that, uh, you know, that the women were, weren't were uh, supposed to have. They had, they held their powers in something else that okay. was said. So. That yeah. was the story behind that, but I'm I'm firm on you know I've always believed that uh, you know lacrosse as much as is a medicine is a, it's also a tool, and if it uh, if it can make a better life for for somebody then I then I wholeheartedly believe that they should be able to play. You know my sister played lacrosse, she's a little bit younger than me, and uh, you know she wanted to play, so she's played. Um, I married a pretty good lacrosse player too as well. She was uh, my wife's the only. The only girl, the only woman from uh, the the Lady Haudenosaunee team, the U19 team, to ever make the All World team. Wow! So she she was pretty good in 2007. 2007, she made the All World team for uh, you know U19 women, and she's the only year only Lady Haudenosaunee to ever make an All World team. So that's fantastic. Um, obviously, that you know I have a daughter now, and so obviously I'm hoping that uh, that her mother's uh, lacrosse senses wear off on her a little bit. We're both hoping that she plays lacrosse. So for me personally, I think uh, you know women should play and and can play very well. And you're talking about um, your childhood. Um, you know, are there certain community members or players that you looked up to and wanted to you know not only model your game around, but even just your life? Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, being being from a from a pretty big family, there's some uh, names. You know, obviously, my father. Uh, you know, started me and my brother. I got an older brother who's uh, only two years older, but he started us kind of almost at the same time. Um, we started playing organized lacrosse. At, I started at three. Uh, I think he started at four, so maybe one year before me that I remember. But I, you know, I remember being pretty pretty young and little out there and uh, starting me pretty early when I was three just because I wouldn't get off the floor while he was 
so my my father my dad was really my first one he coached me all the way uh you know, like I said, from when I was three years old and he coached my team until I was um, 14. So he kind of taught me a lot and he gave me a lot, uh, a lot of, you know, IQ. You know, I, I always laugh thinking back now, now that I have kids about our times and our trips and, uh, you know, he'd, he'd get home from work and he wouldn't even be home long enough to uh, change his clothes. I'm already bugging him to drive to you know, St. Catharines or Burlington on an off night when I, when we didn't have lacrosse just to go watch the Arrows play. Um, I don't think we missed the Arrows game. And, you know, we were driving to Whippy. We were driving everywhere. And, uh, you know, he would always take me. And, uh, you know, I wasn't uh, much like you hear about all the other all the other players on you guys' podcast. You know, I wasn't a kid that ran around the floor or ran around the arena. You know, I stood beside my dad and, uh, you know, just watched the game. You know, watched and uh, – you know, watch different players and we talked about different plays and maybe what could have happened or what should have happened. And, uh, you know, we, we still do that to this day. Me and my dad, we sit together at lacrosse games, at the Arrows games, Rebels games, and uh, just watch and talk and talk about different shots and maybe what, what he should have done or could have done. So he's still showing me things to this day. So him and my brother would be the first two, two guys uh, that I think of. And then, you know, and then the arrows, uh, you know, you grow up on six nations and you just, you know, want to watch the arrows. I was fortunate enough that Delby Paulus is an older, an older cousin of mine. So, you know, I got to be, you know, run around and see him and during intermission or, you know, talk to him, uh, on, on the off days at some family barbecues and stuff like that. And so he was a guy that, uh, you know, that I really looked up to just being a little bit older and, you know, being being very very good and very very talented and uh you know him going to school was awesome and at Rutgers and Herkimer so it was just everybody really just like the whole community uh you know I can I could go on for days about the players that we have down here and uh you know talk about how much uh, I enjoyed watching them play Speaking with Cody Jameson a couple more minutes here with you Jamie uh, Cam Cammy Bomberry hardest shot you've ever seen no, no, he, he was, uh, it was hard. I think I might've missed his heyday. Yeah. I think I might've missed him in his prime. Uh, I remember watching the 93 chiefs. So I would have been six years old. And I remember watching, watching the six nation chiefs and, uh, their first man cup there. Yeah. But I, uh, I still think to this day, I think it's Craig point. Oh, uh, you know what? Season. Yeah. I was going to ask you about pointer and your relationship with him and, and how he was doing because I, I like, was he, was he a guy like you guys were so good together, Cody, but was, do you think pointer was underappreciated on how good he was? I think so. He had a shot and not, not so much within our peers, but I think within the media and within the outside world, because you know, when within our peers, when he was on the floor, you, other teams would literally yell it. And you know, we were in some some big series with Peterborough, and he played awesome in the in the summer league. And you know, the Peterborough defense definitely took notice on when he was on the floor, and they kind of extended out a little bit further. We were doing some things where we brought him onto the floor a little bit later so that we could try and get him to get his shot off. Yeah. You know, he's got some goalies, his numbers, even though they know where he's shooting, he just shoots it so hard that it, uh, you know, they can't react Overpowered. fast enough. Overpowered. Yeah. I think I want to say first guy that uh, rocked the chrome cage, too, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. He did. Yeah, yeah uh, he did for a long time. Last... And another big thing about Craig Point's yeah. game was he was so amazing at uh, at quick sticks, at yeah. one-timers on the crease that, 
you know, it made my job a, a lot easier on a power play. And it, we started it in junior. Well, I remember. Um, with just a one-timer. And yeah. uh, it made me my job easier because I've always, I always said, you know, if a goalie wanted to step out, he had an open net. And if, uh, you know, and that made every goalie weary. So the goalies would tend to stand back in their net a little bit for me. And it, it made it uh, that much easier for me to get a, get a nice shot off. So, you know, and he was, he was, deadly at doing that as well so he had, he had the outside game and the inside touch um yeah he was a great player yeah that's uh i think my first time i i got to see you guys play was the i want to say in queen's park um that you guys won there with uh mr nanakoke sending you guys to the final with half a second to go or whatever <laughs> that, yeah that was 2007 yeah, yeah. 2007 excuse me uh, they're, they're starting to blend in uh, last uh one here i know i've kept you a long time here cody but is coaching something you want to get into when when the playing career is over like i i know you kind of stepped up there a little bit when you were battling through uh, some pretty serious injuries do you think that's a direction you want to go at when you're done playing um i'm still undecided i do enjoy coaching a lot i enjoy uh you know the intensity that you still feel when i was injured i i i just wanted to still be be around and be a part of it because i knew you know the Iroquois nationals uh in 2015 and the, and the chiefs, um, I knew they still had, you know, that fire still burned so much. Like I, I don't know what I would have done with myself had I had time to just do nothing or sit there and do nothing. Yeah. I think I actually would have, but so the intensity of the coaching and, uh, you know, the, the, the game day atmosphere and the, those butterflies that you get, um, I, I enjoy that. So I think that's why my injuries, I wanted to, I pursued it so bad. Um, I enjoy coaching my my son's teams. We just got done the United Lacrosse League here in Ontario yeah, yeah. right now yesterday, and our my son's uh, 2009 group just uh, just won the championships. Nice. And me and Roger Weiss were the coaches of that. So I do enjoy coaching and and, and teaching, but I, I like the I like the management side as oh, well. Okay. And, uh, okay. I like. So yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of management, uh, yeah. Speaking of management, give me uh, give me an update on on Team eighty eight and what's happening there, and uh, then we'll let you go. Yeah, teammates. We just uh, I've just been you know laying low. I had uh, the big part of my program is I go into I go into schools and mm. not necessarily not necessarily schools on reservations, but uh, you know just off and. Uh, we talk about reconciliation and we talk about, you know, how I use lacrosse as a tool and as medicine. And we, and we just take over the gym class and, uh, you know, teach, teach lacrosse and gym class. And for a while there, we were doing it in, in the Peel district, which is like Mississauga, Mississauga, Brampton area. And a lot of these kids, they've never even seen lacrosse, let alone, um, you know, hear the story of it. So it was, a, it's more of an education on where lacrosse came from and, uh, you know, my whole teammates philosophy is just, you know, that everybody, it just kind of works out that it was my number. So it's a play on play on that, but um, it's more of lungs of uh, teammates and friends. So, uh. you know, if you got a teammate, if you got a teammate, uh, lacrosse is a big team sport. So that's a big proponent on, on why I, on, another proponent on why I love the game so much uh, is the team aspect of it. You always, it's a brotherhood. So, um, teammates, you always have a friend. You always have somebody by your side. Uh, yeah, so it's more of a, a friendship name than uh, than Team Eighty Eight. No, that's cool. Uh, well, Cody, listen, man, uh, I appreciate uh, your time, your your insight, uh, your education. That, that I learned some things today, and I hope uh, our listeners did as well. And um, 
best of luck, man. I I, I really hope uh, the Iroquois get into the World Games and eventually into the Olympics where they belong. And uh, you can you can count on me for keeping up the good fight with you guys. Thanks, brother. Cody Jameson, we didn't even get to Syracuse or Six Nations Chiefs, any of that, uh, Charlie. Just not enough time for this episode, but more to talk about with Cody at a later date. We got to take a break because we got to get his buddy Randy Stotts on the line next. We're into quarter three of episode 95 of Lax Class, right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network after this. A Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this. Jones shoots and he scores! Diving effort from Mitch Jones. Nothing's monotone. Lee and Beers go crashing into the crease. Nothing's boring. Now we're going to have a fight. It's the captain squaring off. And at Vancouver Warriors games. Loads up. Nothing's offside. Tries a shot and he scores! Experience it for yourself. Vancouver Warriors tickets are available now. Tickets starting from 1995. Visit VancouverWarriors.com slash tickets today. This is Ryan Ballantyne, the color analyst for the Calgary Roughnecks, and you're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified. Lax Class for short. This is episode 95. We are into the third quarter. Great chat with Cody Jamison. We're going to talk to another Syracuse alumni in one, Randy Stats, he also plays for the Iroquois Nationals uh, and maybe the Georgia Swarm. I'm not so sure. Uh, Randy Stats back in the program. By the way, <laughs> thanks to our friends at the Vancouver Warriors, VancouverWarriors.com, hashtag nothings offside at NLL Warriors. Twitter or Instagram, uh, drafting in that three hole. I'm still not sure what direction they're going to go. I think it depends on who goes at number two. That's going to dictate who... They select uh, going to be an interesting draft coming up September the 17th. Stay tuned. Vancouver with that third overall pick. VancouverWarriors.com. All right, now maybe of the Georgia Swarm. Randy Stotts uh, back on the program. Restricted free agent, unsigned Randy Stotts. What's happening, man? Are we going to see you back in blue and yellow uh, when, when the boys get back on the turf? What's going on? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of taking my time with it. Um working uh with john and and my agent so it stuff's going in the right direction uh just kind of just kind of waiting okay fair enough uh i'll keep uh the fans will keep their fingers crossed i suppose um appreciate you, you making some time here for us on on lax class again randy uh and I, we kind of started with cody but a lot of a lot of attention being Sean on the Iroquois Nationals and uh, them surrounding the the World Lacrosse Games, and of course uh, with U.S. Lacrosse and and what was going on there with uh, their their donation to tribal nations and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where you want to begin. Maybe we we start with U.S. Lacrosse, and I think they've kind of they've realized their wrongs, if you will, and have made the changes on their website and and all the rest of it. Uh, the, do you want to maybe explain to people why it was so wrong for them to do what they did? Yeah, I think, you know, just the fact of, of presenting it like um, they're doing us a favor and, you know, saying that the money is going back to, or honoring. making it look like the money's honoring. going back to, yeah, yeah honoring the money's going back to, the, to uh, some of these communities. And um, it was nothing like that. I, I think it, it's kind of, 
it's brutal that it was set up like that. And, um, I just didn't like how, I don't think anyone liked how they basically used our names to, um, profit themselves. Yeah. And I guess on top of that, I don't, I don't see, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that, that kind of the, the topper on that is that they like put a different value on each nation as well. Like one was worth more than the other, which was equally as offside. That's like rating countries, basically. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh. I don't mean to laugh because it's not funny, but that's essentially, I mean, you can't put it any more succinctly than that. Yeah. Yeah. Randy, uh, you know, we've been talking about, kind of the community support and, and giving back to the community. Obviously you just launched your program alongside Brendan Bomberry, uh, current teammate in both the nationals in Georgia and uh, another Syracuse alum, uh, Turtle Island lacrosse. Um, do you want to kind of let the people know what you guys have brewing and what's on the, on the menu there? Yeah. Um, me and Bomber started this idea probably last year. We wanted we want to give back to our community and other communities um, that are native uh, and non-native. I think that using our platform and our communities and, and taking the game to places who don't really have um, the game or heard of it and putting sticks in, in those kids' hands is very important to us. Maybe to give them an opportunity to play um play competitively or, or go on to school or or maybe use it as a vehicle like we did um to to go where we've gone um and then the other side of it is educating um all the people on hunted Shoni um culture and where the game comes from i think a lot of times that gets lost uh in the game and in, in trainings so we want to kind of bring that aspect to it to to allow people who just don't know um or who are ignorant to the fact that our culture is strong still and and you know we're humans and we just we want to be treated equally like um like everyone else so randy another thing you know obviously through kind of this whole process of you know making people more aware and and filling people in there's been several voices that kind of have stood out you know yours cody uh frank brown is another one colin lyon some of the guys that have played the sport and grown up on reservations and you know kind of to your point seen it all and and knows what it takes to get the next level um walk us through that a little bit walk about your experiences through playing lacrosse and and what that's opened the door for you and for your friends and for other people that you play with currently that's a big question um (laughs) i think the 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 thing with this I, i don't think i would i would know the people i would know or i would be in the any or who i am i don't think today without lacrosse it's molded me as a person and I've learned a lot of values outside of the game that correlate with my life. And I guess growing up on the reserve, we played lacrosse all the time. And um, that was a big part of my life. And when the Iroquois lacrosse arena was built, I think that really skyrocketed um, our talent in Six Nations because it, it went from lacrosse in the summer to hockey 
and then it went from basically lacrosse all year round with a little hockey. So that that really helped me. And I, I mean, growing up there and then playing junior there was also something special. You know, you get to play. Well, I play senior there now too. But getting to play in front of my friends and family and and my relatives and, and people too. You know, it, it's very special to me because. Um, <clears throat> People sometimes ask you about what's going on or have their two cents. You know, it's a it's kind of a small small knit community, kind of like the the Friday Night Lights a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, it, it, it was very important to me and um, something that I I hold uh, dear to me. Speaking with Randy Stotts and and you know similar to to what it's kind of like here for somebody that walks inside Queens Park for the first time and and you just kind of feel the history and and some of the ghosts that have been around there and things that have happened inside that building, me being an outsider going into the ILA for the first time, it just, it feels different. Like you feel some sort of spiritual connection. At least I did when, when I walked into that building and and I'm sure it's the same for, for many others. And, And Randy, obviously right now our world is, is a crazy place with not only a pandemic going on, but, uh, what we've seen, more so south of the border with systemic racism and social injustice and and cops doing crazy things to to African Americans. Yeah. Um, you know, you as as being an Indigenous, a First Nations player, I'm sure there was a time when when you had to deal with racism as a as a youngster or coming up, or even recently. I, can you can you relate back to an experience where you had to deal with something like that, and and how did you deal with it? Um. I can't think of one offhand right now, uh, but to go back to the, the police brutality, I mean, it, it, it's crazy. I, I can't believe some of the videos I see and, and what what goes on. But for me, I guess growing up, there, it was more more in minor lacrosse that I felt, uh, I guess, more racism. I can remember a time at Syracuse, uh, I'm not going to name the the school that we were playing against or anything, but I got um, told I was uh, a wagon burner, you know, go back to your TP and stuff like that, you know. So um, that's kind of the stuff I, I've dealt with a lot throughout my my life. And, and I get frustrated, obviously, and I'm in shock a lot of the time when it does happen. And, and I, I get upset. Obviously, <laughs> who wouldn't? Yeah, you know. But uh, and what, the uh, way I deal with it is, yeah. is I guess addre- addressing it and making it known that it's wrong. <laughs> yeah, just talking about and it, I bring, that, bring yeah. awareness to yeah. it, and 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 just don't don't idly stand by and let it happen. Yeah, I think it's easier, you know, to just kind of pretend that it didn't happen. The the tougher thing is to tell the cold hard facts, you know, like just being able to talk with you and Cody and Tahoka and just hear some of yeah. your experiences. It's, it's hard. Like it's hard to, to hear how cruel people can be and, and utilize their words for such hate and, and just, you know, just attack people with, with no real sense of what they're saying, I guess. Yeah. And I think a, a lot of it too, is that they're just, uneducated and don't know uh, and like are ignorant to the fact yeah. um, of, of who we are. They, they think less of us uh, 
So, I mean, that's, I, I feel like that's a lot of similarities with uh, us in the African-American community is that we're not asking to be the world or getting treated differently. We just simply want to be treated equal. And I don't think that's too hard to ask. No, like you, wouldn't, you wouldn't think so, right, Randy? Like, it just please try and treat us like everybody else. How difficult is that? Yeah. Yeah, and, and, I, mean, I and that's, I don't see, uh, I don't see it being too hard. Yeah, and, and that struggle has been going on for the Nats for for a long, long time. And and I mean, you don't have to look too far back where England just said no, like you can't use your passports, you can't come uh, into our country. And like, just so everybody's clear here, Randy, there is not one single guy on that Nationals team. If if they were given the ultimatum, either go play for Canada or U.S. or you, or you don't play, not one single guy would put those jerseys on. No, no. I I mean, yeah, I, I've got that. I got asked that question recently, and I never even thought about it really, yeah. because growing up, I've always watched uh, the the eagle head and the, the headdress is very. Uh, I guess I I love the logo and it's always been a part of what I wanted to be a part of growing up and, you know, seeing like, uh, Cam Bonberry and Corey Bonberry, Sid, Jammer, all these guys competing and putting on Iroquois national Jersey. I've never even came across my mind to, to play for Canada or, or the States. Tell me what it means to wear the Iroquois nationals Jersey, right? Totally. Yeah. It means, it means the world to me and then some, I don't think there's a, a feeling quite like it. Um, I put on a lot of jerseys in my life, and there isn't. I don't get the same feeling um, I do when I put that jersey on. It's the same feeling every time. And what I come to realize over my years of putting it on that it's not about me. It's, it's it, I'm representing, you know, my family, um, my friends, my community, the um, hundred Shoni people, and then. It's also bigger than that, too. You know, we're representing indigenous tribes all over uh, Turtle Island. Um, and the so world. Like, and the just world. Just being a part of it. Yeah. yeah, and around the world, you know. Um, so uh, that's kind of the, the feeling I've had and, and the experience that I've had playing in, in BC last year. You know, the Catsy First Nation took us in and we had an unreal um, ceremony. We shared our, our words and they welcomed us to their to their uh, homeland and you know that's a life changing experience and and something that you know that's way bigger than 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 lacrosse. Randy, if you if you could give I guess any advice to kids coming up through the program or you know aspiring to put on that national jersey, what would you tell them? Like what what would stand out the most to you? You know, uh, I guess stay on stay on track. There's a lot of a lot of different um, avenues you can you can travel growing up on on the res, and you know just keeping your your head head right and and keep your focus focus right. Um, I think that would be the big thing, and that that would be it for me. Yeah. And Randy, I know a lot of a lot of controversy surrounding the Nationals and, and their participation in Birmingham and the World Games, and we talked to Cody a little bit about it and the. The public support has been tremendous with over 50,000 signatures in the petition. It wasn't really a clear path for you guys, and it and it really seemed to be some kind of backdoor things going on here where they were prepared to leave you guys behind until people actually said, like, wait a second here, what's going on? 
And and I know you kind of want to share some awareness about what you've learned. Yeah, I just I think it's it's crazy that um, we were going to be left out because in in the uh, criteria it basically says that um, the the teams who finish in the top eight in the 2018 World Games should be allowed to play, and then after that, it doesn't really say much else, you know. Um, which I find a little little weird uh, because World Lacrosse came out with that. And that was their criteria. So um, now they're creating a new criteria, which uh, we don't really know what that is. So yeah, I mean, it seems to be kind of uh, hoop, hoop after of hoop, problem. hoop after hoop to kind of jump through here. And and I think like originally it was like, oh, we're going to follow the IOC criteria, and then they realized, well, we don't really need to do that. We can make our own criteria, and then they want to change the criteria. I. It doesn't seem too difficult to me to have the top two or three country and the creator and inventor of the sport competing in this competition. And and I and I said to Cody, like, let's let's get let's get this right. Let's get the Haudenosaunee into the World Games and let's worry about the Olympics in in two or three or four or five years from now. Like, let's let's cross one bridge first here. Right. Like that's that's the direction we need to go. Uh, I'm not ready to let that that story go quite yet and, and still need some answers, in particular what's happening down in South Dakota with the Seven Flames program and, and why uh, yeah. two teams were ousted from that league when they were the ones that were victims of, of racism. So there's some serious questions that still need answering, and, and I'm not ready to let that go. <laughs> no, not at all. But going back to the Seven uh, Flames uh, in South Dakota, Turtle Island's actually going down there to uh, I heard donate this. some sticks and fantastic, and kind of revive the uh, the sport there. So we're, we're pretty excited about that. Yeah, I couldn't uh, couldn't be more thrilled to hear about that. And I think uh, my man Charlie is going to head down there with you guys and and uh, do some coverage on that. So we'll look forward to that coming out of uh, Turtle Island Lacrosse, and uh, maybe we'll get you back on. You can let us know how that goes when you're down there. We'll do for sure. All right, uh, appreciate you, Randy Stats. Be well, and we'll look forward to to maybe seeing you out in the turf in Gwinnett or uh, for sure when the Iroquois Nationals get back in action as well. Thanks for doing this. Thank you. That was Randy Stotts of the Iroquois Nationals, Six Nations Chiefs. We need to talk again. We just did, we ran it. No Syracuse talk, no Six Nations Chiefs talk. So lots to talk about with Randy as well when we get him back on. But. Man, uh, Charlie, you you get up close and personal with these guys, uh, but watching Randy Stotts play lacrosse, it's a treat. Like, he's one of those guys that just kind of makes it look easy from time to time, even though you know it's anything but. Well, it's crazy, too, because I've got the chance to see Randy play when he was with the Rattlers, obviously, um, you know, back in the MLL days. And, you know, Cody throughout his time with the Nighthawks. And you take a look at both players, and they're both – dynamic in so many different ways but when you put the two on the floor at the same time together it's just a different feel like the the two of them together the chemistry that they have on the floor and the the things that they can do it's just it's a completely different game and and it's it's amazing to watch firsthand not only as a fan or a spectator but when you're up close and personal yeah. to it even in you know practice try being a defender things that they try, being, on, try being amazing. a defender trying to guard that uh, forget about it man it's not yeah, there's not 
No. Uh, quick break here mm-hmm. on Lax Class. We're going into quarter number four. We still got to get to quick sticks and under review. We're rolling along here on episode 95 right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Back after this. Hey, this is Joan Ardella from the New England Black Wolves. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, throwing the game one podcast at a time. Quarter four on Lax Class, doing things a little bit different here. So we'll have a fifth quarter, overtime, if you will, for who you got. Uh, so quarter four, normally who you got, but because we had two guests on, we are going to do quick sticks here now. But as I mentioned off the top, brand new sponsor here for Lax Class. I know a bunch of people have already jumped on this, but I encourage you to do so as well, because, uh, well, you know, as we know, Chuck and, and uh, parents, if you got young children listening to the podcast, may want to break out the earmuffs as we're going to get a little personal here before we get into quick sticks. Chuck, it's 2020. As we know, guys need to, to keep their stuff together down there. And and the women love it, too. So there's really no reason not to do it. So get a little uncomfortable or whatever, but we need to talk about this uh, brand new sponsor here. Manscaped have just come out with the brand new Lawnmower 3.0. Have you checked this thing out? I know you have. Oh yeah. And right now, obviously with your promo that you have going on, there's an additional 43% off online. So it's, perfect time to to jump on board with this yeah and i mean all sorts of features on this it's their third generation trimmer so ceramic blade reduce grooming accidents that's a good thing uh improved battery up to night i cannot imagine why you would need 90 minutes to to clean up down there if you do it's long overdue if you know what i'm saying but 90 minute battery life on that waterproof technology hop in the shower get it done you gotta like that led light important Chuck to know what you're doing down there so you got to be able to see so nice bright LED light and uh, 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology Uh, I don't know why you need that kind of horsepower down there but uh, be careful but Manscaped on board so here's the deal go to manscaped.com and use the promo code laxclass20 laxclass20 Get yourself 20% off and uh, do the podcast a favor while you're at it. And it's, like I said, it's a win-win-win situation. The podcast wins, you win, and uh, I can't remember who the third person that wins is. Is it it me? Maybe it's me that wins. I don't know. Uh, But use Manscaped, LaxClass20, that's the promo code, and save yourself some money and uh, clean yourself up down there. The women will appreciate you for doing it. Well, the real real question is when do we get to see the uh, Shamrocks logo in Jim Elsa's bag? Oh, yeah. I I think that's going to be the yeah, the Jimmer is on board, and he's already purchased one, and, and he says he's going to make fancy designs in his chest and his back hair and stuff. So he guaranteed that it's going to be a Shamrock logo uh, in, in some area of his body, which is a little bit frightening, but also kind of exciting as well. So, by the way, um, some Jimmer news here on the podcast. Brand new segment coming out. I'm not quite sure how we're going to splice it in yet, but it may it – may, uh, it may – replace under review for for a little bit but jim else is i think going to take a little swing at at doing a little uh, editorial we're going to call it something else 
Jim Els, something else. Stay with me here, Charlie Ragusa. So Jim Els is going to start producing a, a little editorial each week, I think starting next week, and we're going to call it something else. I think it could be a positive thing one week. It could be a negative thing. It could be off the handle one week. We really don't know when it comes to the Jimmer, but uh, this is going to be an experiment, and we're going to try this out and see how it goes. I think fans are going to enjoy it. I think he, he, there's no love lost. I think he says it when when he means it, good yeah. or bad. You take the good with the bad. So I think fans are going to enjoy this segment. Yeah, just uh, straight from the hip from the Jimmer and, and doesn't hold back, uh, whether it's good, bad, ugly, you name it. Uh, he speaks for the people, really. Uh, so quick sticks here, and uh, if you got anything that, that grabs your attention or to add on when I'm done here, pretty short list on quick sticks uh, this week, which is okay because we had a couple of long interviews here. So here we go. Uh, Van Raphorst, two years in Halifax. you got to be excited about that signing. Adler, one year in San Diego. Glassini back with the Seals as well. Um, I think, well, I we just talked about – Something else. Don't forget, my, my T-shirts actually came in the mail. My Lax Class Podcast T-shirts came in the mail from the Flash Team Store last week. Couldn't be happier with those. Uh, highly encourage you to check out Lacrosse Flash Team Store and grab yourself a couple of Lax Class T-shirts. And while you're there, check out their, their continuing draft coverage leading up to the NLL draft. And they're also doing like uh, a little walk down memory lane and like a redraft of all the drafts since I want to say 2009 and where these guys would go now if they were selected in an upcoming draft. So that's kind of been a neat little thing that, that Audie and Pat and Teddy and the boys have been doing at the lacrosse flash. Check that out. Uh, last couple of things here on quick sticks for me anyways, is we've just seen like a big American influx in signings in the national lacrosse league over the last couple of weeks, uh, particularly PLL guys, getting invites to NLL training camps. And if I'm not mistaken, Charlie, some late-breaking news coming over the wire just in the last hour or so, you have a couple of signings and maybe a trade to announce here on Lax Class. Yep, uh, coming through the wire here, uh, the Roughnecks have traded their six-round selection to the Philadelphia Wings for Nate Wade in a 2026-round pick, the 87th overall. Um, and then the Black Wolves with a pair of signings, uh, Ryan Conrad to a two-year agreement, and then uh, Jules Hangberg with a one-year agreement to the Black Wolves as well. So good to see him get another shot and, you know, love what he's doing on social media, keeping the conversation going. Obviously, this is a, you know, this podcast is kind of dedicated to the national side of things, but uh, Jules is a big proponent um, with Black Alliance, Um black lacrosse alliance and and everything that they're doing um is just fantastic so love to see that in the sport and love to see him get another opportunity yeah and speaking of the black lacrosse alliance uh that is going to be our subject of under review so let's go under review it's time for under review presented by g wilson construction the challenge flag has been thrown, so now it's time to take the matter under review. Under review, brought to you by G. Wilson Construction. 
An award-winning firm with a single focus, building fine custom homes. Upload your resume today at gwilsonconstruction.com and start your career in the construction business, building fine custom homes. Uh, Black Lives Matter. And like you said, Charlie, this, this episode solely focused on the Iroquois Nationals, but that is not to take any attention on uh, a way of what's going on in our world, especially south of the border in, in your parts right now, where there is just, it's crazy, man. Like, I, like, and, and again, it's, it's, it's a hard thing for me to, to try and relate to not only being up here in Canada, but being a middle-aged white male, like I, I can't relate. And, and, and I feel wrong about that, but <laughs> And and you're right, guys like Jules Hennenberg and Ty Warren and like these guys are doing such good things, creating awareness. And and Joe Van Miller, I, these are again conversations that need to be talked about. They're uncomfortable, and and a lot of people don't want to have them. But too bad. And I know this is a lacrosse podcast, but this is what is going on in our world today, and it needs to be talked about. There is so much wrong in our world right now, and. I don't know. I don't have the answers on on how to fix it all, and it's not going to happen overnight, Charlie. But again, I just think the more I talk about it, the more you talk about it, the more we talk about it, the closer we're going to get to where we need to go. And and there's just so much. I don't even know where to begin either. it's, It's just I feel like we're spinning our wheels, we're spinning our tires with things that just it's human decency. Like there's just a lack of human decency and a lack of treating each other with respect and just seeing each other for human beings. And, you know, when you talk about Jovan Miller, he's, he's a guy that I, I look forward to kind of watching his Instagram stories and watching his posts because they're educational and they fill you in with an inside look at, you know, experiences he's had in his in his lifetime and experiences he's seen throughout the lacrosse community that are using him as a as you know a beacon of hope and, and communication and, and he's able to kind of bring light to situations that other people are experiencing that might not have the same voice and same outreach as, as he does. So I think that's where we just need to start with is listening to people and listening to their stories and listening to the Randys and the Cody's and the Jovans and the Jules and the Dane Smiths of the world yeah. and understanding that there's so many different sides to this and there's so many different aspects of each other's lives and until we start just accepting that and being willing to listen to each other and appreciate each other for what we are, um, I just it's just absolutely frustrating. Yeah. I don't I don't know and I can't and I can't even imagine how frustrating it is for them. Yeah, to I, yell and feel like you're yelling into a pillow and nobody can hear you, and it's scary. You know, it's I, scary I, and it's it's wrong. And and again, like I not to get political. I don't I don't care uh, if you're a Republican or a Democrat or if you're left, you're right, you're blue, you're red, whatever. Um, Black lives matter. Human lives matter. And and you know, again, with the indigenous and and black communities, they're not asking to be put up on pedestals here. They're just asking to be treated like human beings and equals. And that, it boggles my mind how 
that seems to be a difficult task for people to do. Like I, I don't, I can't, I can't understand how people can't do that. Like, and I can't even say it the way I want to say it, but it just, it doesn't make any sense to me. So continue the conversations, keep calling out races and when you see it and don't stand by and let it happen. And, and, for Charlie, like, I don't know if you heard this story or not, but a, a guy that I do some broadcasting with up here in British Columbia uh, with some football stuff I do lives in the in the west end of, of Vancouver and, um, you know, stepped in front of a, a evangelist preacher who was had a loud loudspeaker and was, you know, anti-Semitic, anti-gay preaching out on a street corner and he tried to take his microphone away and had his legs broken over it and and it's got a lot of attention but again you know he said like i'm gonna have a plate in my leg for the rest of my life but i'd do it again so you know i i hope things don't come to that extreme ever but just don't be a bystander speak up and say something when you see it it's not right it's not okay and until everybody starts calling people out when they see something wrong like that, things aren't going to change. So that is under review for episode 95. Again, we may uh, be switching up the format a little bit for episode 96. Uh, when when Challenger makes his return, we may uh, go with something else instead of under review, if you know what I'm saying there. One more break to come here on Lax Class, and we're going into overtime for who you got. Stick around here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Hey, this is Connor Fields of the San Diego Seals. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Overtime on Lax Class. We'll keep it tight here for you in the final quarter. Uh, Next goal wins here, so to speak, in overtime. Uh, I do have to let you know that who you got brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. Something to complement your oil skin coat or jacket? Why not have a look online at their Outback Trading Company oil skin hats? Made in a diverse range of colors and styles, there's something to protect every head from Mother Nature's harsh elements. Many hats include features such as chin cords, hidden security pockets, and shapeable brims. Stampede Tack and Western Wear, located in Cloverdale since 1966, online at stampede.ca. We're shopping online is still shopping local. Much better effort there on that read uh, for, who you, or for who you got. Yeah. So two more fights to go. So just checking out the bracket here. Uh, two more fights this week, and then next week we'll round out round three, and then things get really serious. Really, really serious. So this week, though, two more fights. I'll get these up on Twitter. Don't forget to vote at Lax Class. Let's start on the right side of the bracket. Rory Smith, the Mimoco Mauler, taking on big Timmy Bomberry of Six Nations Chiefs fame. Uh, both these guys wearing Chiefs jerseys. I'm not sure if they're both wearing the same jersey while they fight. Let's put Rory in a Bellies jersey. He did a lot of damage back then. Rory Smith up against Timmy Bomberry. Charlie Ragusa, who you got? That's tough. I'm, I think I'm going to go Rory Smith on this one. Yeah, I, I, I don't. You don't need to. You don't need to justify your pick or anything like that. I'm going Rory Smith too, Charlie, and I think that's a pretty safe okay. call. I think Rory's moving on. 
Uh, he will take on the winner of the bottom of the bracket. I'm not going to spoil that for you. But uh, let's jump over to the left side here and our second fight. And no relation here, but it's Campbell on Campbell. The Cannonball going up against Soupy. Patty Campbell, Scotty Campbell. Who you got? I got to go with my guy, Soupy Scotty Campbell. No surprise there. You're going you're gonna to have to see Scotty eventually. I don't know if you're when the next time you're going to run across Cannonball. Uh, so this one, man, goalie still in the bracket here. I'm going to take Patty Campbell just for fun. And see uh, if I can get the votes. But I'd like to see a goalie work his way into the to the final eight. I think that would be pretty cool. So give me Cannon. No disrespect to Soupy, friend of the program, a good guy. But I'm going Patty Campbell here to take out Scott Campbell. And, uh, again, he'll take on the winner at the bottom of the bracket on the left side. Not going to tell you who that matchup is. But if you want to go look, I guess I'll tell you. Because, you know what, the picture is up on Twitter anyway. So, Scotty McMichael and Jeff Molesky next week. Paul Dawson against Ward Sanderson will round out round three. So, uh, exciting two fights still remaining here. But this week, Patty Campbell against Scotty Campbell. Rory Smith against Tim Bomberry will be up on Twitter. And you can cast your vote to see who moves on in the best lacrosse fighter of all time tournament for episode 96, Charlie, that was a monster of an episode. Uh, thanks to Randy and Cody for coming on. Thanks to you for co-hosting. Absolutely. It was a great episode. And, you know, anytime you get to hear from those two and, and everything that they have, it's a, it's a great opportunity. Yeah, appreciate uh, appreciate them. Appreciate your time. And, uh, of course, our sponsor, Stampede Tack Vancouver Warriors, Associate Labels and Packaging, G. Wilson Construction. And, of course, the brand-new one in Manscaped. Don't forget LaxClass20. Use that promo code. Thanks to you, the listener, for checking out Lacrosse Classified. Don't forget subscribe to the podcast. Wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, just hit that subscribe button. It gets delivered right to your phone. Follow along on social media as well, at Lacrosse Classified via Instagram, at LaxClass on Twitter. Of course, myself, I am at PXP for sports. Charlie Ragusa, how can the people find you on social media? Uh, well, I sometimes make people laugh. Other times I make people angry, but uh, at Chuck and Chuck is the handle. That, that's the sign of a good yeah. Twitter account right there. Make them happy, make them angry. If you're doing that, you're going to get your follower account up in a hurry. All right, Charlie, we are done on episode 95. Thanks for doing it. For Charlie Ragusa, I've been Jake Elliott, and for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator, we'll talk to you next time. Next Tuesday, in fact, for episode 96 of Black's Glass and Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. In the meantime, be safe, be healthy, everybody.